It's time to rock and roll. So let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. All right, special holiday edition of the Growing Up Rock Podcast. I hope you guys have had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Hollywood, you there, baby? Uh, yeah, I had to uh, change my location. I'm across the street at the donut shop because <laughs> they have public Wi-Fi. <laughs> so uh, I got me a jelly donut, and uh, I got me some sweetened tea, and uh, I- I'm going to record the podcast from this donut shop. That's absolutely great. And to go along with that, we'd like to welcome our very special guest for tonight's episode, from the Potter Than Hell podcast, you know him as Change the Rules, Crazy Stephen Wright. What's going on, Steve-O? Not much, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Steve-O is coming to you live from the book depository, so uh, it's all good. We're going to record a podcast tonight, fellas. How are your holidays going so far? Uh, mine's good. Uh, I went to go see the Queen movie for a second time, took the wife and kids, and they absolutely loved the movie. Man, I have not heard anybody say anything bad about that movie yet. No, Nobody certainly we know. Yeah, my wife's like, those are all Queen songs? I didn't even know that. Yeah, we had good feedback from the Queen episode we did. We had a good time doing that. Brian Davis was awesome on that episode, and... Uh, uh, it was just a blast to do. Got a lot of good feedback from people that uh, checked out our review and checked out our top five. So definitely a good time. Steve-O, you're a Queen fan? Yeah, actually, uh, I am uh, I rail against the uh, hits and stuff on our podcast for a lot of bands. But uh, I'm more of a Queen's hits fan myself. But after watching the movie, which I went to see with my wife, and we actually both loved it. It was great. Since then, I'm going to use Sonny's term. I'm going to jump down that rabbit hole and check out some uh, Deeper Queen. Because some of the tracks you guys played on your episode were great. I went back and listened to them. And I there were a few that I hadn't heard before. And I really enjoyed them. Yep. Uh, definitely a fun time. So we've got an interesting episode coming up here tonight. This is going to be super fun, man. We're finally going to do kind of a rock trivia game show type situation here on the Grown Up Rock podcast. Sonny has done a bunch of hard work and put together some questions. He'll explain all those a little bit later and explain how the game's going to be played. You guys can play in your cars on the way to grandma's house, whatever the situation is for the holidays, but it'll definitely be a good time. And uh, of course, we asked Steve to join us because Steve and I are going to go head to head. Sonny is going to be our Wink Martindale, so that'll be fun. And it's just going to be a good time. But before we get into that, we need to do a little bit of house cleaning. So. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word. G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. All right, so the grown-ups of the week. So these are the folks that shared us on Facebook, retweeted us on Twitter, and then also engaged with us because we put out some Queen 
posts and wanted people to share their favorite song because we did the Queen episode last time. So here we go. Dan Solis, he said his favorite Queen song was Somebody to Love. Carrie Morgan, Daredevil Production. Keith Cohen said Under Pressure. Daryl Albert, Ken Keenan said his favorite song is Death of Two Legs. Adam Cox, Chris Fretwell, Alan Devoren said anything from the first five albums is good. Tony Masalam, Aaron Baker, Chris James A. Top five Queen songs, Keep Yourself Alive, Dragon Attack, Liar, Fight from the Inside, and The Hero. Dirk Sokolowski, Janet Eck, Mark Kobach said It's Late. Robert Knapp said Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Alan Tate, Brian Harris said You're My Best Friend. Thank you, Brian. The only person that agreed with me. <laughs> AW Collectibles, Brian Chapman said Sheer Heart Attack. Good old BC. Jeff Goebel said Who Wants to Live Forever. Stephen Kirsch said Somebody to Love and Kind Magic was a tie. Dan Nation, John Holt said Dragon Attack. Brian Davis shared us. Thanks, Brian. Greg Brofer has no problem with Fat Bottom Girls. Greg Cornell has no problem with Fat Bottom Girls. Suddenly has no problem with Fat Bottom Girls. Ogata, Music Palace Radio, Bella Lowe's 1966, Bill Algie, Vincent Cabinot said Save Me. Anthony Poole said Who Wants to Live Forever. Brian Ronald said Liar. Arrowhead, Brad Rustovin, we'll get to his in a minute. Huddy shared us, Little Fish. Jason Kearney said Three-Way Tie, Tear It Up, I Want It All, One Vision. Uh, Buddy Baker said Flash. Andrew Jacobs shared us. James A. Souza. Rick Friel. Kalen Provo said A Kind of Magic. Hendry Smink said 39, the live version. Paul Underwood said It's Late. Brian Day said Brian Day said Killer Queen and Fat Bottom Girls. Chris Sinzak. Bill Elam shared us said Sail Away, Sweet Sister. Jacob Wood said Can't Narrow It Down to One. Potter Than Hell shared us. Thank you, Stephen. Despo Geek, Jason Alexander, Jeffrey Maloney said Radio Gaga. Marcelo Verzi shared us. Rodney Dixon said Mustafa and Princes of the Universe. HairNetRadio.com. Paul Davies said Death on Two Legs. Sablewski shared us. HK Collectibles, Peter Cessary, Classic Rock Drops, Billy Hardaway, Digital Killed, Mark Arnold. David Cathy shared us, said Fat Bottom Girls. Leanne Clark said Somebody to Love. Craig Smith said The Show Must Go On. Victor Ruiz said White Man. Chris Powell said Spread Your Wings. Shay Hargett said Stone Cold Crazy. Trace Mess 469. Jody Havnot said Tie Your Mother Down. He might be talking about something else. Uh, Jim (laughs) Polkowski said It's Late. Damn Good Movie Memories shared us. Joey Talbot said Killer Queen. Save Rock and Metal. Colin Francis. Eladio. Mark Winder 8. I Love It Loudcast. Podcast Rock City. Dennis Talbot said Save Me. Mark Anthony K said Hammer to Fall. Shawana Lee, Stanley Adamasio said Fat Bottom Girls. EMZT's Infamous shared us. Mike Jones shared us, said my personal top five is You're My Best Friend, Hammer to Fall Under Pressure, Princes of the Universe, and Dragon Attack. Eric Lagdon said Tie Your Mother Down in One Vision. Mike Parnell. So Brad Rustoven always goes above and beyond. He said the 70s favorite queen was Keep Yourself Alive, Now I'm Here, Tie Your Mother Down, Spread Your Wings, Get Down, Make Love. His 80s, 90s queen top five was One Vision, I Want It All, Breakthrough, Innuendo, Headlong. And honorable mention was The Hero. Then Mr. Wright shared us and said, Let Me Entertain You was his favorite. And then uh, thanks to Restraint for uh, supplying all our bumper music. And thanks to Podchaser for all they do. So we got tons of shares, ton of engagement. uh, Really cool week. 
Yeah, we really enjoyed everybody. And I would tell you this, one last word on the Queen episode. So if you're a casual Queen fan, or you only know the hits, or you're kind of like on the borderline where you can kind of take them or leave them, I would say check out this episode because really when I started digging into stuff, I realized how much I really, really love this band. Like this is a damn good band. There's so much good stuff out there and so much stuff that's not played on the radio that is outside of the hits that is just killer, killer rock and roll. So please, please check that out. Like Sonny said, hey, we love the interaction on Facebook. Feel free to go to Podchaser and leave us a review. We got a couple of reviews I want to read from Podchaser on the podcast itself. I'll just spotlight real quick. This one comes to us from Hot Rod 45330. Hot Rod 45330. That's a cool username. Started listening after the Indianapolis Kiss Expo and haven't missed an episode since. Love hearing songs from groups I haven't heard from in a long time. Keep up the good work. Should have been a contender. Found this podcast through the Potter Than Hell fellas. Great find. There you go, Steve-O. Somebody, oh, thanks, guys. Somebody that got turned on from you guys. So awesome. Who was that? Should have been a contender. I have to look that up. Yeah. And then our buddy over at the crazy drunk Canadians, those Canadian geeks chatting metal, Wally, said Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney are the real deal. Two powerful and attractive guys sharing awesome memories and great tunes. They rock. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Wally. So like I said, go to the Podchaser page, podchaser.com. Look up Growing Up Rock and leave us a review. You can review individual episodes or you can review the podcast as a whole. We appreciate it. We see everything you guys leave. So thanks a lot. We appreciate all that from each and every one of you guys. Steve-O, why don't you yes. tell us a little bit about the Potter and Hell podcast? What's the latest episode you guys did? What's happening over there at Potter Than Hell headquarters? All right. Uh, we're a rock and metal podcast. We uh, have an episode out every Friday. It comes on at noon. And you can find it wherever you can find any podcasts, iTunes, Podchaser, uh, Google Play, probably, you know, wherever you can find one. We have a YouTube channel. We put up videos every day that tie into our episodes. And so we do uh, Metal Monday. I know, sorry, Melodic Monday and Metal Tuesday episodes on Facebook for videos. And we just recorded Dylan's birthday episode, which we decided to make it a series. Everyone gets to pick four albums for the other guys to review. And then that person runs the podcast. So we did Dylan's this last week because his birthday is actually on Thanksgiving this year. And it will be out the day after. And um, tomorrow night we are recording our Chris Cruise 8 wrap-up show, which will be out on the 30th of November. Fantastic. So Sonny and I are regular guests on the Potter and Hell podcast. We love hanging out with Steve-O and BC and BB and, of course, their famous keyboard player, Dylan. So, And it's always a pleasure to have you guys on there. It's always a great time. Listen, what's better than a bunch of dudes hanging out talking rock and roll? Can't get any better than that, right? It cannot. All right. So we got to get into this before we get into our topic of the week. So crank me up, baby. Crank me up! 
It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right. It's time for the Crank It Up Spotlight. So on the Crank It Up Spotlight, we like to try and showcase new music, whether it's something old that we just discovered or something that is actually brand new. And I think both of these bands, because we got a twofer coming at you, both of these bands are fairly new. So we're going to play a little bit of rock and roll for you, back-to-back rock and roll. This first one is going to come to you courtesy of our guest, Steve Wright. And this is a band called Striker. And the title track off the record is called Play to Win. So check this out. We're going to come back and Steve-O is going to tell us a little bit about Striker. Check it out.
right. That's Striker Play to Win. Love that track. Steve-O, what you got for us? Where'd you find this band? What's it all about? Uh, this band came on my radar. I was on Amazon looking for some CDs or vinyl to buy, and um, I, I couldn't even tell you which band they clicked on, but they have on the bottom of that, you may also be interested in. And I saw this band, Striker, and I thought the cover looked cool, so I, I picked it up. I did the iTunes download, uh, got it, checked it out. I thought it was great, and I thought they were a brand-new band because I had never even heard of the name before. They're from uh, Edmonton, Canada, and they've been out since 2009, I guess. And I, I went back and you know jumped it back into their catalog, and they're just a great rock, hard rock, heavy I wouldn't say they're like totally metal, but they're borderline hard rock metal, but they're a really, really good band. There's lots of elements of uh, like Maiden. You could hear some Priest in there and some of the just like like harder rock bands you could hear in there. They're, they're a great band. Yeah, absolutely. Sonny, did you get a chance to check out this track or no? Yeah, so I had not heard about them uh, until today. And first of all, they got, it sounded like Triumph plus Warrant to me when I first heard it. Right. So well, love the different. crunchy riff, man, that guy's got incredible vocals. So I did what I do. I got all five albums coming. I already <laughs> ordered them on Amazon. They're already on the way. So Sonny, is it safe to say that you went down the rabbit hole with uh, Dude, striker? I, the minute I heard the song, I'm like, wow, that guy can sing. Right. And I just love the harmonies. Cause it totally sounds like triumph. I will caution you with this, and I haven't heard the rest of the records, but I will caution you with this latest record. So this tune kind of spoke to the melodic side of me because, you know, Sonny, you and I are kind of on that melodic red line, right? We like the melodic stuff. We like the harmonies. We like that kind of stuff. And so this particular tune spoke to me more so than the others. Not that the rest of the record's not rocking and it's not good. It really is good, but I haven't had a whole bunch of time to spend with this record yet. But this tune kind of leaped out at me and it's a little bit. Steve, do you think it's safe to say this tune is a little bit different than the rest of the record? I didn't think so. It's got a little more uh, melodic tinge to it than the the rest of the album. The rest of the album's a little a little harder, a little heavier, but there's still good harmonies and there's a lot of two part like guitar harmonies in that album too. It's really good. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Steve O, you're one thing I discovered about Steve is that Steve, you're a symphonic metal kind of guy, aren't you? I love that stuff. I really do. But it's one of them things you have to be in the mood for. Yeah, for sure, because I kind of think that stuff blows a little bit. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> no, that's just, I don't know. I don't I don't love the symphonic metal shit. I, I like some of it, I guess. I don't know. It's a tough sell for me. I'm just more of a, uh, I just, I'm a straight-ahead rock, meat and potatoes rock guy. I've said that a million times, but... Speaking of straight ahead, meat and potatoes, rock and roll. So let me get into my pick for for the uh, Crank It Up new music spotlight. This We get a whole bunch of stuff sent to us from various record labels and promotion companies. And I mean, it comes in at an almost dizzying rate. And I check out what I can check out as much as I can and... I mean, I'll be honest, I listen to the first probably minute and a half, two minutes, first course, and then I move it on. If it's something I like, I keep it around. 
and I'll I'll dig down deeper into it. So this band came on my radar from one of our PR companies that send us stuff, and the band is called Blood of the Sun. And what stuck out right off the bat to me is this, is this album cover. So this album cover is a big, huge, like, Texas belt buckle that says Blood of the Sun. And the belt buckle is on a pair of Daisy Dukes and really, really nice thighs. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, hold on just a minute, guys. Um to my mother-in-law, Bev, can you go ahead and turn this off for right now? I'm going to talk a little bit about really nice thighs and Daisy Dukes. Yeah, and they're a guy's <laughs> thighs, so yeah, you might want to turn they're, it off. They're not a guy's thighs. They're definitely a woman's <laughs> thighs. They're silky. They're smooth. They're thin. Not a dude's thighs. No way in hell. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's it's really a, just a nice album cover uh, with this belt buckle. Uh, have either one of you guys seen the actual cover? I'm looking at it right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, I saw it because I checked it out on YouTube. So. Fantastic, right? Yeah, it's enjoyable. <laughs> I like the logo too. I like the way uh, they drew the logo. The logo is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very that kind is of cool. It's kind of got that '70s feel, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and this band really is kind of about that throwback sound, that deep purple, that 70s sound. And so, the track that I'm going to spin for you guys is a song called Keep the Lemmies Coming. Now, here's what this song is all about Keep the Lemmies Coming is a particular standout tune on this record. They put out a record, uh, and the name of the record is Bloods Thicker Than Love. That's the name of the current record that they have out. And so Keep the Lemmies Coming was written right after Motorhead's Lemmy passed. And the lyrics just came right away. Everyone was talking about how Jack and Cokes were going to be called Lemmies at some point. And so the band thought that it was a killer way to pay tribute to Lemmy. So he's an absolute legend and a huge influence, especially on the two guitar players in this band, Wyatt and Alex. Once they joined, they put their own kind of spin on what was already there in terms of the song. And so they felt like the band felt like it was a great homage to the man, the myth, the legend that was Lemmy. Uh, so this song is about living in the moment and going all out. There are times when it's necessary to go off the deep end. And this song is the soundtrack for a time like that. Plus, it's just a balls out killer driving song. So check out this song called Keep the Lemmies Coming. I got 
Mr. Michael, you feeling okay? <laughs> Me? Yeah, I'm feeling fantastic. Why? I'm just because the song had keyboards. It had a keyboard solo. I just want to make sure that you're the same guy that I signed up to do the podcast with. Because you know. Nobody, you don't pick these kind of songs, dude. Let me let me just say that you talk to me like that's a ballad, but you <laughs> you have to you have to say that the keyboards the keyboards first of all the keyboards we're talking about is a Hammond B three organ, which is very much John Lord straight out of Deep Purple. But come on, man, you got to admit driving guitars, uh, raunchy vocals. Come on, man, that's good shit. Yeah, I agree with that. I, he's uh, <laughs> like there was some vocals that sounded like Lemmy. There was. There was some vocals that sounded a little Glenn Hughes. It had purple written all over it. Absolutely. A hard driving purple song. And you know, I like old school. So uh, I thought this tune was rocking. How about you, Steve-O? Did you dig this tune? Yeah, actually, um, Dylan brought this album to my attention about a week ago. And um, after we discussed, I asked you if I would be allowed to pick the Crank It Up song. And after I heard this album, I was going to, text you back and say, Hey, listen, if you don't want to do that, how about this? And it was blood of the sun. That's a true. And I am absolutely blown away by this album. I, I can't stop listening to it. It's uh it's definitely going to be in my top 10 of the year. It's, it's wow. fantastic. It's a band actually kind of format that I've been looking for for a long time. Cause I love that heavy Hammond organ. It's like, they're kind of like almost like a borderline metal deep purple. And I absolutely love it. Hey, that's enough new music talk. Let's get into what we're all here for, which is rock and roll trivia. Take it away, Wink Martindale. All right. So we are going to play a game of who am I? And here's the rules. We definitely set it up to where the listeners out there can play along. And I would encourage the listeners to play along and then send us your score on our Facebook page. And we can compare how you did versus these two guys. But we're going to do 10 rounds. I will announce whether the who am I is a band or individual. The first of 10 clues that I have will be read. The contestant of whose turn it is can either guess after hearing the first clue or just simply say next for another clue. For every clue, you get one less point. So let's say we read the first clue and you get it right away, bam, 10 points. But if I got to read four clues before you get it, it's only six points. If you fancy a guess, then instead of saying next, you just take a guess. But if you're wrong, your opponent also gets to guess and steal the points. If your opponent's wrong, then it comes back to you and we continue the round. The round's complete when either the name is guessed or all the clues have been read and you both are incorrect. Then I'll just tell you who it is and end the pain. And then the person with the most amount of points at the end of the game wins. So pretty easy. I'm thinking by the time we get to like the second or third round, the listeners are kind of get a groove into it. Both of these guys have practiced with me at least once. So they kind of know what's going on. And that's the gist of the game. So you guys ready? I'm going to be honest. I've been drinking a little bit. So thank God Sonny's keeping score with all this. Because I have no idea where I'm at or what I'm doing right now. I'm just going to be honest with that. (laughs) And are we letting our guest go first? Yeah, we're letting Steve Wright go first. He's our guest. Steve-O. All right. So round number one to Mr. Wright. Here we go. 
This is an individual. For 10 points, between the band I was in and my solo work, I've released 13 studio albums dating back to 1976. Ooh, uh, what is Richie Cotton uh, for a thousand? It's not you, dude. Oh, my it's bad. not you. Relax. What is Jeff Scott Soto for 400? <laughs> <laughs> right? Don't let him get to you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Not at all. Um, next. I wasn't born in America, but most people consider me an American artist. Next. I was a contestant on the cooking show Chopped. I made it through the first round, but was chopped in the second round. Next. Back in the day, Howie Mandel had a TV series. I was the guitar player in the house band on most nights. Next. For six points, I was once married to a screamer. I mean piercing screams. Man, that was painful. Next. Most would say my guitar playing is better than my singing, but I do both. Oh, God. Next. For four points. My highest charting single, which stalled at number eight in 1989, was a duet. The person that I sang with wasn't exactly Pavarotti either. In other words, that person wasn't a great singer either. What year was that? 89, duet. (sighs) Next. Killing me. I was on hiatus, totally out of the music scene, for 12 years to focus on raising my two sons. Oh, Crap. Next. For it's two right points. out it's my tongue. <laughs> For two points. I was considered a sex symbol in the 80s. Hey, if you got it, flaunt it, right? I still look pretty good. I'm going to say Kip Winger. That is incorrect. Mr. Michael, do you have a guess? Can you go through the questions for me again? All right. Uh, between my band and my solo work, released 13 albums. Not born in America, considered an American artist. I was on Chopped, got Chopped in the second round. I was on Howie Mandel's TV series as a guitar player. I was once married to a screamer, a piercing screamer. Most would say my guitar playing is better than my singing, but I do both. Highest charting single, number eight in 89, was a duet. The person I sang with wasn't Pavarotti either. On hiatus for 12 years to raise my two sons. I was considered a sex symbol in the 80s, and I still look pretty good. I have no clue, but I'm going to just throw it out. Paul Stanley. That is incorrect. Mr. Wright, for one point, this is the final clue. When I released my first solo album, I was pissed off. You could say I was out for blood. God damn it. I know the answer. (laughs) Lita Ford. Lita Ford is correct for one point. I don't know (sighs) why I was thinking dude right off the bat. I was too. You were talking about my eyes forever, weren't you? That's right. And she was married to a screamer, Jim Gillette. She was on Chopped? She was on Chopped, yeah. That's what was really throwing me off. I know, I know. See, I don't watch those cooking shows. (laughs) Hey, we'll look on the bright side, Steven. It was only one point. That's true.
All right, Mr. Stephen Michael, round two. Yo, yo. Here we go. This person is an individual. All right, so for 10 points, I sang on a track called Ready to Burn on Crocus's album Headhunter, but I never get asked about that. Love that album. Next. The person I was in love with committed suicide in front of me. At least I think so. I was hammered at the time. Next. I am known for being a singer, but I play guitar, bass, keyboards, drums, and harmonica. Next. From 1978 to 2018, every album my main band released hit the Billboard 200 charts in the U.S. Every album my band released hit the 200. Is that what you said? Yep, my main band. Yes. Next. I provided vocals for a song called Feel Good Hit of the Summer by the Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, I know it. You do? Mm-hmm. Damn it, I do not. Croak, I know that Crocus record. I know that song. Next. I don't know what Tabo or LOL or BRB stands for, but I was part of the NWOBHM. Okay, that really narrows it down. holy shit damn it next you gotta do something about my ex-guitar player now that he's written a book he won't shut up (laughs) Uh. (laughs) oh i gotta get it on this let me think about it for a minute oh god what points are we on by the way where that was for four points. Okay. You know the answer to this, don't you, Steve? I do. Steven, that just means you got to keep going till you get it. <laughs> oh, exactly. That's what that means. But I need or to. Or do re- I? That, well, that means that I really need to get it on this is what it is. Next. In my career, I was in two fight. Let me say that one again, and I'm not saying it wrong. In my career, I was in two fight. You know, dead air's not good on podcasts, right? Yeah, no shit. That's why I can edit that, you fucker. <laughs> You'll have to shorten it up. I could short the shit out of that. Like nobody's <laughs> business. I do it all the time. Next. Supposedly, there's a movie out there about my band that includes a part about me, but I don't buy it. Who is Rob Halford? There you go for two points. So I would have got Rob Halford on the last guest. The problem was, so you threw me off with the whole guitar player and harmonica thing and all that. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. So what was that statement? I'm known for being a singer, but I also play guitar, bass, keyboards, drum, and harmonica. You just don't know it. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of harmonica on Judas Priest albums. I didn't know know that he sang, uh, sang on that Crocus tune. I like that tune. Yeah. All right. So we are on Mr. Wright. And this is a band. So for 10 points, Ralph, you know, the guy who sings for a Steel Panther, he was our singer for two years. Next. We hit the Billboard Hot 100 twice. Both were ballads. Ugh. Mm, Next. Between 1996 and 2001, we released three albums with three different singers. If you can even name one of the albums, it would be a small miracle. (laughs) Repeat that one again. 
Between 96 and 2001, we released three albums with three different singers. If you can name even one of the albums, it would be a small miracle. Next. I'm close. That's what she said. <laughs> For seven points, Robin Zander and Rick Nielsen sang some backing vocals on our best-selling album. <sighs> Next. I thought I had it, but that last one goofed me up. I know the answer. For six points, if you saw us live over the last 10 years, you probably can't remember which version you saw. We can't even remember all the versions that toured. I'm going to say L.A. Guns. L.A. Guns is correct for six yes. points. Yeah, and that other, one before that threw me off. Yeah, the other clues I had on here was our name is our band is named after where we're from. We have a distinct sound musically as sleazy as it may be. Our singer used to be in a band with Phil Collin. Back in the day, we were broken to two separate bands. One made it huge, one didn't. The other one was Guns N' Roses, obviously. Guns N' Roses, so, yep. Yeah, yeah. What's the score? Uh, Wright has seven, Michael has two. Sweet. All right, Mr. Michael. Yo. This is a band for 10 points. Except for our first studio album, every one of our studio albums has hit the Billboard 200 in the U.S. Except for our first studio album, is that what you said? Yep. Yeah, Next. I know it's weird, but our band was formed on Christmas Day. Next. We have never had a single hit hit the Billboard Hot 100 in the U.S. ever. Unfucking believable You realize none of these tell me anything, right? <laughs> yeah, I know that. All right. It's ne all purpose. Next. You're going to love this clue. You've heard of Stephen Piercy, right? Well, we have a Stephen Percy. Sorry, but our Stephen is way more talented. Oh, I know it. You know it? Yes. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I may know it. Maybe I'm just trying to throw you off. Yeah, maybe. Trying to make you panic. <laughs> um, okay, next. For six points, our band has had a total of 11 members in 43 years. That's not bad. God damn, that's a long time. Is this a band I even like? Uh, yeah, maybe a little. Okay. <laughs> maybe a little. Must not be much. I don't know any bands that's got Stephen Percy on the band. <laughs> Next. We fired our first drummer for drinking and partying too much. Then our second drummer ended up doing the same thing, but he was a better drummer, so we kept him. <laughs> Next. For four points, some might disagree, but we would have to say we are one of the biggest bands in the world right now. I'm going to take a guess at Guns N' Roses. That is incorrect, Mr. Wright. I'm going to say Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That is incorrect. We are back Shit. to Mr. Michael. For three points, we have a six-member band. No, our sixth member isn't behind a curtain supplying layered vocals or playing keyboards. Bueller. Bueller. Fuck, man. Next. On some of our off days, we play soccer. Why doesn't everybody? <laughs> that shit is so vague. Next. All right. So for uh, one point, yes, we uh, know we have a guitar player that dances funny. Thanks for pointing out the obvious. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. You know what uh, this is, Steve? You better I, take I a do. guess. I do. Michael, take a guess because it was the last clue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no clue. I can't even take a guess. All right, right. 
Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden for one point. Oh, I can't believe it. one point. The Christmas Day threw me off. I think because TSO <laughs> just played up here like yeah. yesterday, and I had that on my brain. Stephen Percy is Steve Harris's middle name. Oh, uh. <laughs> that's such bullshit. <laughs> and what? So the second second guitar. Uh, so Nico has the same problem, but they kept him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many six-member bands do you know? I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Like, six members. What was the whole bit with the keyboard player? Oh, yeah, because that's a six-member band, and no, he's not a guy behind the curtain, you know, supplying vocals or whatever. Uh, He's right out there on stage. Yeah. You know what? Piss off, Sonny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't believe I missed that one. Christmas Day. Oh, my God. It's bullshit. I need another glass of wine.
Steve Wright's turn. We are on round five. He's up eight to two, right? Eight to two. Yeah. And this is an individual. All right. So Mr. Wright for 10 points. I've been criticized for running my band as a dictatorship, ensuring that people know their place. Next. When Barry Manlow sang, I write the songs. He was mainly talking about me. Wink, wink. Next. I'm from Staten Island, New York. I have Irish, French, and Native American ancestry. Oh, I know this one. I know it. (laughs) Next. For seven points, Lita Ford was in my band for a short stint in 1993. I didn't know that. Really? Next. For six points, I was a member of the New York Dolls for one tour in 1975. Blackie Lawless. Blackie Lawless is correct for six points. Yeah, I didn't know about Lita Ford in the band, though. Yeah, I had birth names, Stephen Edward Duran, benefited from Stupid Triple Gore. I have the same name as a Las Vegas casino. My first band had the same names, Las Vegas casino. Get this clue. I self-diagnosed being blind in at least one state. Get it? Blind in Texas? Oh, Texas. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've been known to throw questionable stuff in the audience with one.
Mr. Michael. Yo. It's an individual. For 10 points, as a kid, I was in a bunch of bands, including Big Bang, Skinny, Dust Cloud, Cotton, Jimmy, and Manhole. None of them really made it. Next. Some people think I'm Lebanese. I'm not sure why. I'm actually part Irish and part Italian. Next. I had a song on two cult movie soundtracks, Fast Times of Ridgemont High and Over the Top. Next. My biggest hit stalled at number 13, and it's a song I'm not really known for. Whoever gets this Who Am I Right gets two extra points if you can name that song later. Repeat that question one more time. My biggest hit stalled at number 13, and it's not a song I'm really known for. Whoever gets this Who Am I Right gets an extra two points if you can name it. Mm. But that'll be later, depending on who gets this Who Am I. I'm thinking. Oh, God. Okay, I'm going to take a guess because I need some damn points. Ooh, damn. I'm going out on a limb, but I know that this person had a song in both Over the Top and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, so I'm going to take a shot at Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar is correct for seven points. No, I was going to say him. By the way, nothing was my question. But the rest of the clues would have been my current guitar player was a member of the Bus Boys. I'm in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Didn't change my life. In 2015, I released a cookbook saying, are we having any fun yet? You would have got it sooner or later. Um, All right. So you got seven points for guessing Sammy Hagar. But his biggest hit stalled at number 13. And it's not a song he's known for. What was the song? Um, I think I know it. I'm going to take a guess and this is just a guess maybe your love is driving me crazy that is correct for yeah. another two yes
knew it wasn't 55 because that's what he's known for. So Yeah. I was going to say I've done everything for you that Rick Springfield did, but I think that would got up higher. Oh, uh, yeah. Sweet. Awesome. What's the score now? Uh, Wright has 14. Michael has 11. All right. Good. We'll get, we're making a race out of it. Right. Rock on there. All right. Mr. Wright. This is an individual. For 10 points, I am a three-time Grammy Award winner and have been nominated 15 times. Next. I've played guitar on 13 soundtracks, including three Halo video games and a movie called Dudes. Next. I labeled a movie West Side Story as my musical awakening. Uh, Next. For seven points, I am married to Pia Mayoko former bassist of the band Vixen, who can also be seen on the 1984 film Hard Bodies. Oh, I know it. Oh, read that one again. I am married to Pia Mayoko, former bassist of the band Vixen, who can be seen in the 1984 film Hard Bodies. Uh, Next. For six points, I have released nine studio albums. Five of them was in the 90s. My guess is you can't name any of them. I'm going to take a stab for the point. Steve Vai. Steve Vai for six points is correct. Yes. Oh, <laughs> baby. That was good. Uh, the rest of the clues was my uh, second album reached number 18 on the Billboard 200. Number 17 that week was Pump by Aerosmith. Uh, been labored a higher gun. I play a certain kind of guitar, but it's not a Les Paul. Once lost a guitar duel to an actor. I still can't believe it. Remember that movie? Yep. Love that movie. Yep. All right. Mr. Michael. Yo, here we go. It is an individual for 10 points. I studied music theory at New York university, but did not graduate next. My birth name is Bruce Anthony Johansson. Bruce Anthony Johansson. Yep. Mm. Um, next. I angered my singer at my initial audition because I didn't play the songs that were assigned to me. And the relationship has always been dicey. (laughs) I'm going to take a guess at this one. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go with Mr. C.C. DeVille. C.C. DeVille is correct for eight points. (laughs) That was a good one. The other clues I had were uh, I played guitar in an album called Holly Weird. I think it sold 27 copies. Uh, I have one of them. (laughs) I do too, actually. There's a... There's a comic named Banana out there. Keeps making fun of me. I might punch him someday. Uh, he played the guitar solo on Warren's Cherry Pie, if you didn't know that. Yeah. People don't give me enough credit for being a good guitar player. Maybe it's a crazy hair. Band's been through some trial and tribulations, but I'm still out there touring. The guy who replaced me supposedly has sex with my drummer's girl. I don't know. I wasn't there. I like it when people or men, depending on how drunk I am, talk dirty to me. Uh, kind of kidding about the men part. Yeah. Awesome. How's it going? Okay. All right, Mr. Wright. And Let's I go. think, is this the, this is the ninth round, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is the I ninth round. I think we're round. getting there, yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is an individual. For 10 points, I started my pro career in 1977. It took until 2004 to release my first solo album. Next. I have personally written songs for Aerosmith, Cher, Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Roger Daltrey, and a few others. Next. Ringo Starr did a VH1 Storytellers one time. I was his bassist that night. 
You probably didn't even notice me. Wow. Next. Not many guys out there play their guitar with a thumb pit, but I do. <sighs> hmm. Next. I'm, my I'm main, on the right track. For six points, in my main band, out of our 12 studio albums, two titles had the number seven associated with it. Jack Blades. Jack Blades is correct for six yes. points.
the thumb pick got it, and then that that solidified it. <laughs> How many points was that? That was six, so that puts you at twenty six, and Ooh. Michael has nineteen. So you got to get seven points here, Stephen. All right. Okay. So here we go, Mr. Michael. This is a band for ten points. Every one of our 14 studio albums have charted on the Billboard 200. I love America. (laughs) Next. We were nominated for a Grammy three times and didn't win a single one. Next. When we were getting started for an entire year, every label rejected our first demo. Then we played live one time and EMI offered us a 15-year, seven-album deal. Wow, this is a tough one. Yeah, no shit. Next. All right, so for seven points, we released six singles off our fourth studio album released in 1990, but only one made it into the Billboard Hot 100. If at first you don't succeed, I guess you keep releasing singles. (laughs) That does nothing for me at all. It's not helping me either. (laughs) Not at all. I mean, that doesn't give me any clues. It's record labels and singles with no titles. (laughs) Hmm. Wow. I'm as dumbfounded as you are on this one. (laughs) I start at the beginning and ask the questions because I got to make a guess. Otherwise, I lose. All right. So every one of our 14 studio albums have charted on the Billboard 200. We were nominated for a Grammy three times, didn't win any. For an entire year, when we were getting started, every label rejected us. We played live one time, and EMI offered us 15-year, seven-album deal. And our fourth studio album, which was released in 1990, had six singles, but only one made it to the Billboard Hot 100. I'll even tell you it went to number nine. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about chart positioning and stuff like that. Like, uh, that that stuff's pointless with me because I don't ever pay attention to it. 14 studio albums. EMI, that's, well, that's where I really need to concentrate with. I know. <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to think of hard rock bands that are on EMI, uh, hard rock or metal bands that are on EMI that would have that many albums out because that's a shitload of albums. And they've all charted every one of them. Not that I pay attention to charts either, but they didn't have any success to win. What, how, which album was it? The 14th? No, no, no. The four studio album is where they released six singles. Yeah. But every one of their albums have charted, but the fourth is the one where they released six singles, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. 1990. All right. I don't know that many damn EMI bands. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think, you know, which bands were on EMI. Okay, I'm gonna take a guess because the most most popular EMI band that I can think of from a hard rock standpoint would be Queensrÿche. So I'm gonna take a guess with Queensrÿche. And Queensrÿche would be correct. <laughs> God dang. <laughs> Holy so crap. So the rest of the clues were we had a song on the on the Adventures of Ford Fairlane and Last Action Hero soundtracks. I had a clue in there that said I am I, you be you, which was the single off Promised Land. We're honored to share 
that one of our current members was a member of Crimson Glory. Three out of the five original members are still in the band, not bad for 38 years. Some believe our new singer is better than what the old singer was becoming. And the last clue, figured Wright would get this. We were giving a warning. We were given a warning that Kiss would be uncensored, but we opened up for them in 1984 anyway. In 1985, we opened for Maiden, which was more comfortable. God. So get it? 84 was the warning, the warning album, and they opened for Kiss live uncensored.
All right. So since we are at a tiebreaker, we are going to go to round 11 and 12 here and uh, see if we can break this tiebreaker. So we are on Mr. Right. All right. And we have a band this time for 10 points. Now, this time, uh, your opponent will not get to steal. So you, I guess, guess whenever you feel like you got a good guess. Because so, you're just going to go okay. with the amount of points you get. And then Stephen will get around and same thing. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. For 10 points for this band. Technically, we have had five lead singers front the band on stage. God, nowadays that could be anybody. Next. Our fourth studio album went to number nine on the Billboard 200. Fine young cannibals were on their sixth week of being at number one when our album reached number nine. Next. Model Tracy Martinson was on the cover of our third studio album. She is hot, hot. Uh, I'm going to say Great White. Great White is correct for eight points. Nice. (laughs) The next clue was an interesting one. When our original singer went to jail for eight years, we auditioned John Bush, but he didn't make the cut. Yeah. I didn't know that one. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Are any of those other ones interesting? Oh, yeah. Ian Hunter loves our band. He should. We made him a ton of money. Yeah, really. Jack Russell went to jail for eight years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he got out for good behavior, but uh, um, he... Oh, I didn't know that. He shot. He was involved in a shooting of some sort. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. So, luckily, we didn't get to the last clue, but I'm going to read it anyway. You know that line, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire? We don't oh. ever want to hear that song again. Oh, wow. Too soon? Yeah, definitely too soon. Always going to be too soon. All right. So you got eight points on that one. Mr. Michael, you're going to have a tough time here. This is an individual for 10 points. I was once in a band called the Fabulosa Brothers. I was once in a band called the Fabulosa Brothers. Is that a real band? It's a real band. (laughs) And this has something to do with rock and roll? Yes. Next. Although I've been living in Lake Tahoe for the last 20 years, I just became a U.S. citizen about 18 months ago. Oh, holy shit. I'm going to take a stab at this. Oh, God. I'm afraid if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I know who lives in Lake Tahoe. Sure you don't want to hear one more clue for eight points and keep it tied? <laughs> I don't want to keep it tied. I want to go for the win. Oh, my God. Wright doesn't get to steal anyway, so you can take a guess. Yeah, but then we'll be tied again, and I want to go for the win. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. I know that this is the right answer, but I'm so afraid because nothing that you've told. Do you know what this is, Steve? Maybe. (laughs) I got to go for it. I, I'm sorry, but I got to go for the win. I'm playing. I'm playing on the thing. I'm gonna go for David Coverdale. David Coverdale is correct <laughs> for the win. Yes. Wow. wow. That was a good okay. one. So the other clues were my most popular album sold eight million copies, but stalled at number two. God damn you two, Joshua Tree. Prince was the only person defined by the color purple, so my life revolved around it. Uh, one of my songs went to number one five years after it was first released. I guess second time is a charm. Too bad I have to share half the proceeds with Bernie. I have 
over 211,000 followers on Twitter. You know how many I follow back? Zero. It's all about me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean you or David Coverdale? David Coverdale. No. Okay. The whole Lake Tahoe thing, man. I mean, I heard so much about David Coverdale on Lake yep. Tahoe with my hoaxtra interview and uh, hearing Joel on other interview podcast and just, you know, him talking about that's where they recorded, that's where Coverdale lives. Yep. So, guys, that was a great game, but uh, Mr. Excellent. Michael takes it. So Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Woo-hoo. Woo. It was close, though. It was very close. It was crazy. I didn't think I was going to win. I'll be honest with you. The two that pulled it out was that last one and the one that I got. uh, What was it? CC DeVille. Yeah, that helped. Yeah, that was good. That was fun. Dude, that was was definitely a good time. Yeah, that was great. I, I appreciate the invite, guy. That was a lot of fun. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. All right. So for our historic moment, I reached out to Mr. Wright and said, give me five deep cuts, kiss deep cuts. He gives me Got Love for Sale, which we know is his favorite song, but we've played that before. Anyway, you slice it, King of Hearts, Tomorrow, and our historic moment for this episode is the Peter Chris Classic. Dirty living.
So, Steve-O, it's all about the dirty living, huh? Your big uh, dynasty, Peter Chris, dirty living fan, are you? It is. Hey, he has very few songs, but uh, a couple of them he have are good. He does. I like Mainline. Mainline's really good. Actually, Baby Driver's a really good song, too. Yeah, it is. Agreed. Agreed. But I think we can all agree that we all hate Beth. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'll actually get up off the chair and move the needle over the song when it comes out when I listen to Destroyer on vinyl. Hey, I like Hooligan. I know other people don't like it, but I like Hooligan. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't like that tune. Don't want to go to school again. <laughs> <laughs> Dropped out of school when you were 22. Exactly. This has been fun, fellas. Pimp your podcast one more time, Mr. Wright. All right. We are the Potter Than Hell podcast. We have a new episode out every Friday. You can find us wherever you can find any podcasts out there, iTunes and Google Play. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, so check us out and listen, tune in to me, BC, BB, and our awesome keyboard player, Dylan, every Friday. And I think it's important to point out because um, this is not a KISS podcast. There are plenty of Kiss podcasts out there, but just so you know, because the title might throw you a little bit, right? Potter and Hell, not a Kiss podcast. They love Kiss. They talk about Kiss, but they talk about a whole bunch of other cool rock and roll. So just so you folks are aware, because, you know, I don't want any of our listeners getting pissed off that go and discover the Potter and Hell podcast. And they're like, hey, they're not talking about the Hotter Than Hell album. Yeah, well. Yeah, we uh, we make sure we incorporate Kiss into every episode in some way, shape, or form. But uh, we're predominantly all over the board, hard rock and metal. And you'd like to incorporate the Foo Fighters. Oh, wait, that's Dylan. Yeah, that's Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Out of format. <laughs> the Potter and Hell podcast has three topics. It's Foo Fighters, Kiss, and Lizzie Borden. <laughs> and Dream Theater lately. <laughs> Who likes Lots Dream, Dream Theater, Theater lately? Oh, my God. Oh, um, BC's a big dream theater guy. Oh, God. They're one you definitely got to be in the mood for. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that thing. But, hey, it's all good. We all like something. Awesome. Well, hell, what else we got to cover here, boys? I think that's it, right? I think that's it. Yeah. Um, did you guys get your kiss tickets yet? I did well, not. Sonny got about 15 pairs at different venues across <laughs> the United States, but I did not get any because the tickets here in Atlanta are a little bit um, expensive for my taste, so to speak. Yeah, I think I they're got, pretty much uh, across the board. Yeah, we're going to Vegas. So uh, Podcast Rock City guys and then uh, my brother, my son, nephew. So we got a bunch of people meeting in Vegas. And I would have loved to have been part of that, but just a little bit too expensive for my taste. Not to mention that it's like literally, what, a week, two weeks before you and I go on the Monsters of the Rock cruise? It's six days before the first pre-party at the Monsters of the Rock cruise. Yeah. So <laughs> there was no way in hell that was happening because Sonny and I are headed to Miami in February for the Monsters of the Rock cruise. Yeah, that's a little early in the year for me we're going in march to philadelphia and um we usually do a golf trip in the beginning of march so i don't think vegas is going to be happening in february i may figure out a way to get to it because i always seem to figure out a way to get to it but i think probably my bigger priority is finding a way to get to the uh legacy of the beast tour here in atlanta 
Yeah, that's going to be a good one too. We're we're looking at tickets for that one. Uh, I have a I have a bitter taste from uh, the last time we saw Iron Maiden. We joined the fan club so we can get exclusive tickets, and the best ones we can get were upper deck nosebleed seats, and uh, I kind of soured at first, but uh, we're looking. We're still looking. Yeah, I mean, I think this tour is going to be good. I think the set list is going to be good, so I'm curious to see it. I haven't seen them in a long time, and I just, uh, you know, I'd like to see them uh, at least one more time. So I'm going to try to find a way to get to Maiden this year, even though it's at an outdoor venue. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's at an outdoor venue here in Atlanta, and it's not. It's during the summer, and it's not one of the venues that I typically work at. Otherwise, that would be kind of a no-brainer, but and I could probably find a way to get there and work, but I'd rather just go and see it. Yeah, we were kind of hoping they were coming to Bethel Woods up where uh, area of Woodstock is. That's a great venue up there, but uh, they're not doing any outdoor shows up around us. It's mostly Philadelphia and uh, I think Brooklyn they're playing also are the closest for us. Very cool. Sonny, you going to get to the Legacy of the Beast tour? I haven't got my tickets yet. I got to figure out all my travel for uh, the year in 2019 because they are coming to the West Coast. They're the closest they're getting to Wisconsin is Chicago, and then I'm I'm going to be on the West Coast, East Coast a couple of times. So I just got to figure out like which one do I hit and when do I hit it. Yeah. Well, listen, fellas, it's been real and it's been fun and it's even been real fun but it's time for us to get out of here. So, Sonny, you want to do the honors? Steve Wright, you want to do the honors? Anybody got music on their phone they want to pull out and shuffle and rattle and roll us out of here? Right, you want to do it or you want me to do it? Uh, yeah, let, let, let me do it real quick here. Let me All just right. get on my, on my playlist here. There we go. So open the flip phone. Yeah. Hold <laughs> <Get> the, uh, <laughs> the antenna get, up. Get the one out of the, the museum here. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Wait a minute, Steve. So while Steve Wright gets ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll us out of here, we will talk to you guys later. Thank you, Steve Wright. Thanks for having me, you guys. And Sonny's going to actually like the pick that came up on my shuffle. All right. Sweet. Sonny, got anything to add? Thanks for listening. Catch you later. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. When all your old mixtapes Remember listening to Grace I do We were driving to D.C. I was drunk in your backseat I know and Nothing will ever be Like when we were 17 The stars were Driving down I-95 
Singing in a smoky room When we had everything to lose I do Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.